This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by... Video Games Monthly. You may have heard us talk about this one, but you have to check out Video Games Monthly. They're a monthly subscription service that delivers retro video games right to your door, and you never have to send them back. VGM is a must for gamers who love retro video games and are trying to build or rebuild their collection. Every month they send out a variety of games, both well-known retro favorites to the unique ones, to make sure you consistently get a well-rounded gaming experience. Video Games Monthly offers boxes of 3, 4, or even 10 games for any combination of NES, SNES, Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, and both Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Take a look at their website at www.videogamesmonthly.com to sign up for your monthly variety of retro video games. And remember to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and I got my main man, Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, man, this is the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And every episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce does the Deuce salute. Yes, sir. Oh, that <laughs> one's a little weak. Yeah, that, that was a little, little weak. weak. On that one, but yeah. uh, we'll, we'll deal. I don't want to open another one just yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trying yeah. to pace tonight. Pace. Yes, and of course, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And we love to have friends and guests with us. Who is on the show today, Deuce? We have a very, very special guest with us. It is Mark B. Lee. Did I get it right? Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he if you don't know who he is, he is of con fame. He is one of the announcers for Dragon Con. He's at MegaCon. It doesn't matter what the con. If it's legit, Mark B. Lee is there, and he's running the show. So I'm very honored and very proud to actually say that we've got you on as our special guest tonight. Yay! <laughs> How you guys doing? We're doing, doing great. Awesome. <laughs> I, I like that bit where you opened up the brew before you started, man. I, I'm going to have to pick that up. Yeah, man. <laughs> that that Basically, the whole reason we started this show is uh, my CPA said if I started a podcast, I could write off my beer purchases. So <laughs> I was like, we're doing this. And he's like, oh, you're talking about video games? I can write that off too, and I can write off your video game systems. I'm like done sir so wow well i need to hook up with your cpa yeah my C- <laughs> my cpa is legit so oh man i love him to death so i would consider mark the voice of the conventions like he yes. is the voice so what was the very first con- you probably get this question a lot what was the very first convention that you got to mc ah uh, it, it's from my uh my how shall i say my mentor convention uh originally born bred educated baltimore maryland we say baltimore by the way we never say the t it's always baltimore and um there was a convention uh back in the uh oh i'm dating myself here now um i don't even know the exact year i started but i'm sure it was somewhere in the 80s uh before you 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 guys were born but anyway <laughs> Um, up in Baltimore, there was a convention. It, it was it was ClipperCon, uh, October Trek. They they became at some point, uh, but regardless of that, when they brought me on the committee, um, there was I guess an incident uh, or or where they wanted me to to grab a mic and go and introduce somebody on stage. Um, I I, I kind of I, I was big into science fiction. Uh, I was big into Star Trek and whatever. But I wasn't what you call your 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 average or your normal geek. 
Um, I mean, I, you know, I still played a lot of sports. I, I read comic books. I played sports. I watched sci-fi movies. I played sports, you know, and, and so on and so on and so on. So going to my convention, my first convention, which was this group's convention, and then eventually getting on staff, getting on committee with them, um, they had various duties that they had me do. And one of the big ones is basically, hey, go and introduce this guest. So that's kind of how it started. Well, I'm actually glad to know that you're from Baltimore because uh, one of my good friends who lived in Baltimore uh, took me under his wing at a young age, and he introduced me to something that you're going to know, Natty Bo. Oh, Natty Bo? Yeah, Natty <laughs> Bo. That was probably like the second beer I ever had in my entire life was Natty Bo. Well, you know what um, uh, P, um, uh, PBR is, right? Yeah, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to literally say the words out loud in order to get <laughs> to remember what it was. Oh, good God in heaven, you know. But um, you know, from being from Baltimore, you know, we were big uh, crab fans. You know, we ate a lot of blue crab up there religiously. That was basically our tradition, and it's an art form. You don't eat it to get filled up, although you can get filled up if you eat enough of them. But it was an art form. And then we had our PBR. You know, you got you got to have your your your, your Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Yeah, you know, all the time. Well, I'm actually, you might find this kind of strange. I've actually been a Baltimore or Baltimore Orioles fan since 1993, actually. The birds. There yep. you go. Wait a minute. You've been a fan, but have you ever seen a, a game in Baltimore? No. Never been oh. to Camden Yards. Nope. It wasn't in Camden Yards. It was actually across town at a stadium called uh, Memorial Stadium. It was, oh. on 30, it was on 33rd Street. It was never in. Oh, I could be wrong. Hold on. You said 93. Mm-hmm. God's sakes, maybe it, maybe it was, maybe Camden Yards was around by then. I don't know. I'm dating myself, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been a fan since uh, mainly uh, how I got started because I'm actually from uh, Louisiana, born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and there's no professional uh, baseball team. So when I, right. when I grew up, I was doing a current event. Um, and I guess I would be like in elementary school at this time. And uh, they were like, "All right, you get to pick from these different people." And one of the options was Cal Ripken Jr. And I'm like, "All right, I'll 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 do a, a autobiography right. on him." And I just right. fell in love with the guy. The dude was so awesome, and like the stuff he does for charities, and like the dude was just like, you know, you know, kids and cancer and all that. Like the dude was like full, like just an awesome person. And then I ended up like actually watching the games. And then I ended up like following them and like buying merchandise and buying hats. And then I feel like once you actually start buying like the the pro, you know the merchandise, you really are kind of in uh, financially. And so yeah. when I, I remember watching with my dad, I'll never forget it because it's a celebration of twenty one thirty one, right? Uh, and uh, you know breaking uh, breaking uh, the Iron Man uh, record. And uh, so it was like for me, it was like I remember that day like it was yesterday. And so it's like for me, it's like I have these awesome moments. And every time I ever tell anyone like hey, I'm an Orioles fan, it, I always get to, like someone with two heads like what what are you talking about you're from louisiana what what <laughs> exactly um but i went to his last two games the, the 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 day before he well the game before he broke the record and then his record breaking uh 3, 000, uh whatever uh uh game and and i tell you i miss baltimore I, i'm i'm been living in orlando for 25 years now you know so uh but you know i'm still you know a baltimorean fan period uh, when it comes to anything dealing, you know, dealing with Baltimore. So, I mean, I just love my city. I love the culture. Uh, I was in D.C. every weekend. I used to be on a, a Frisbee football team. Huh. And we, play, we played on the mall in Washington, D.C. every Sunday. And it was just freaking awesome. You know, I, I just love driving to, to D.C. 
and just playing frisbee frisbee football. And plus, I love the mall because we have the Smithsonian there. And in the 25 years I've basically lived in Baltimore, I have yet to get through every museum in its entirety. You just can't do it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always wanted to go. It's like it's one of the things on my bucket list. It's like, all right, I have to, I have to go and see the Orioles play in in Maryland, yeah. and like that's one of the things that I want to do. And of course, I not that we're going off on a baseball tangent, but like I feel like ever since 2012, the Orioles are back, are like a serious contender. Although we we're not making the playoffs this year, but like we were close, we were like six games out. But like I feel yeah. like with Buck Showalter. You know, former Arizona Diamondbacks uh, manager. Like, I really feel like he's really just taken that team by storm and really like made us con- legit contenders in the AL East, which is a very tough division. Okay, who 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 do you have for the series? Who do you want to see get in? Ooh, that's a put me on the spot. That's that's. Well, a good uh, one. Let me let me give you a little, little bit of trivia. This question is sure. also in relation to a well-known science fiction movie. Oh, he's talking about Back to the Future. Yep. The, the Cubs go. in the in the Miami. Uh, the, it was the Gators, I think, is what it was in the well, movie. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't the Marlins; it was the Gators, which is actually funny. Uh, I was w- watching a documentary the other day, and they said the reason they called them the Miami Gators was at the time they were in negotiations to actually make it a legit team, and they said that the two mascots were between the Marlin and the Gator, and they said wow. ain't nobody gonna pick a Marlin. It's Florida. It's gonna be a Gator. So they picked the Gators, and now they're like, crap, we should have gone with the Marlins. <laughs> but that would have been, oh, my God, that, that would have been would have been awesome if it wasn't, you know, the Marlins. But Chicago basically is what, what I'm talking about if they get in. Yeah, I'm you know, rooting for the Cubs. I'm also rooting personally because my team, the Rays, are just out. I'm rooting for the yeah. Cubs, and I'm rooting for the Mets because I've, I've got a soft spot in my heart okay. for both those teams. So, you and me both, buddy, and I'm going to piss off a lot of you listeners right now, but I hate the Yankees. I, I, do, hate I do, too. I hate them with I passion. Hate okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is something you're going to agree on, and this shows you how passionate I'm not just saying I'm a fan. Like, I remember the 1996 AL Championship game against uh, uh, the, the Orioles and the Yankees, the whole Jeremy yeah. Mayer situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember watching that game, and I, I just was stunned. I was stunned. I, I, it just like because Bernie Williams obviously, you know, hit the home run later on, and then they ended up winning the series. But we had the best team in baseball, period, that right. year, 1996. Right. We were the best. We we right. we set we set an MLB record for home runs that season. Yeah. I mean, Rafael Palmero, uh, uh, BJ Serhoff. I mean, I can go through the whole line. Eddie Murray was yeah. still playing with us. Like it was well, an Eddie amazing Murray. team. You know, I mean. Yeah. It, Oh my gosh, Roberto Alomar Jr. I can go through the whole lineup right now as it was yesterday, but I, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Murray played my position because I played baseball in school as well, 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 high school. But um, you know, I was a, I was a. I guess they get a little bit called me the stretch because I was a first baseman, but I can stretch from the bag and literally meet the ball before it came to me. You know, so. So I, I love baseball, and I, I was a big fan of Eddie Murray, mainly because he was a dynamite hitter, for one thing, and, of course, he was a great first baseman. So, yeah. So. Uh, all right, guys, what are we talking about tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I wanted to hit on something because I like what you were saying in the beginning, How, and we actually had a term for it in our group of friends. We called it the closet geek, where you played sports and you liked sports and you weren't, say, socially awkward. Like, you know, you could hold a conversation and things like that. But you still like comic books. You like Star Trek. You like Star Wars. But you weren't in that box of geek. And so it's really cool to hear that there was other people that were on the same team as us, especially in their younger years, you know? Yeah, 
Uh, well, you know, and I'm, I'm going to date myself here. Uh, in all honesty, I think in the, in the 35 years that I've been doing conventioning, I've only worn a costume once. And, and literally, I should say a uniform. Um, but it, it was at uh, one of the Star Trek conventions in L.A. Uh, that Creation put on. And I literally had a next generation uniform right. that, that I wore. And uh, there are pictures around with, you know, with me dressed up in it and whatever. And it's not the fact that I'm not a cosplay. And, 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 and that's another issue right there. The term cosplay never existed when, when I was doing oh, it. Oh, no. You know, it, it wasn't a cosplay contest. It was either the masquerade or the costume contest. And, and that was basically it. The, the only two words that was used. Cosplay happened with the millenniums. It happened during. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd say um, within the last five years. Yeah, I think so, too. Probably within the last five years, I think it probably, you know, surfaced and came around. And I'm not saying it in a negative term, but, you know, I'm a classicist. You know, I, yeah. I, I like, the, you know, the things that, you know, number one, that we were probably responsible for for starting and creating. And number two, for for things that came back after it had left, you know, like bell bottoms and things of yeah. that nature. You know? So say cosplay. Cosplay never sat well with me, but. You know, when I'm on stage, you know, I, I show a little bit more respect when it comes to costuming and not dig it in somebody's throat and say, no, it's, it's, it's the masquerade or it's costuming, you knucklehead. No, this is what has been acceptable within the con community. So I'm just going to go ahead and honor that. There's no reason whatsoever I need to call it masquerade. No reason whatsoever why I need to call it costuming. Cosplay is what you want to hear. Cosplay is what you're going to get, at least from me. Well, I've got to say, it's seeing all your pictures from when you're actually on stage. You are probably the sharp-dressed MC I've ever seen because you are like slick Rick up there, man. You've, you're GQ'd out. You got your vest on. You got your hat. You're ready to go. I got a story. I got a story of why that happened. When In the early days when I started, you know, MCing conventions and whatever, you know, it was jeans, T-shirt. It was... Now, I was still kind of nice looking, but I was more reserved. I was more um, casual uh, than I am today. And, you know, when I started doing conventions in, in, in Florida, because I used to be with a convention group down here in Florida for many years, and I used to uh, uh, be the MC for a lot of the Star Trek cruises that we did over the years. Um, but then I got hired by a group in Germany. And uh, there were Germans on board of Star Trek cruise, Sea Trek, the, the cruise was, was called as, as put together by the fabulous Joe Motes down here in Florida. And I emceed his crew, cruises. And, and, and German, the Germans saw what I did. Right. They, they, they saw how I, quote, unquote, performed. And they asked me, they said, hey, you know, um, Mark, you're, you're great. You're fantastic. Blah, 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 blah. Um, how would you like to come and emcee our conventions over in Germany? And I said, Germany, Germany, you know, I've never been out of the country before. Germany, are you out of your freaking mind? Okay. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I don't speak German. Yeah. And at that time, it wasn't Euros. It was still the Deutschmark. And, and literally, the, the, uh, the owner of the group over there said, uh, said to me, he said, well, everybody over there uh, understands or speaks English except the East Germans, and we don't give a damn about them anyway. You know, the wall was still up. Yeah, it was yeah. still west and all this kind of stuff. And um, um, I'm sorry, make a long story short about my dress. I went over to Germany my first year and I ended up emceeing their shows for 20 years. Okay. In Germany. But I was, FedCon was the name of the convention. 
I emceed their show. And between 18 and 20 years, I lose I lose count. Well, anyway, I emceed their show, their, probably their first show, whatever. And I was in jeans. I was in T-shirt. I had a, a, a freaking Las Vegas hat on. And I was on stage, blah, 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 blah. And I think one German came up to me one, one, one year. I think it was literally that same year. And he said, you know, Mark, um, you're, you're the moderator. They call them the moderators over there. And they don't use the word MC. They use moderator. It's the same thing as MC. And he says, uh, you know, Mark, you, uh, you, know, you, you ought to dress more appropriately for your role. And I'm like, um, I'm not sure what you're, what you're getting at. He said, well, you know, moderators here, you know, we dress in suits and ties and blah. I said, oh, okay, okay. I, I don't have a problem with doing that at all. I just thought I would be overdressed, you know, for the event, for the occasion. Right. Well, here's the thing about Europeans. Europeans are all about decorum, even when it comes to their conventions. You won't see... French fries and hamburgers uh, uh, sold at a cart in the corner of a convention center at any convention in Germany. They bring out their chefs. They have long tables with uh, 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 woks where they're cooking uh, pasta and everything fresh and everything live and everything real. And all of their, their chefs have the long white hats, chef's hats on and whatever. And it's a line of people getting hot food at a convention. It's incredible. Not saying you don't get hot food at uh, uh, at the conventions here, but you don't get fast It's not that food. quality. Yeah, it's not near that quality because it's all fast food at the conventions here. It's like pizza. It's like French fries. Well, it's burgers. So the, 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 the convention food at the convention in Europe is just – like the same kind of food you would get at any restaurant on the streets of Paris. It's, it's unbelievable, okay? And uh, the good thing about it is with the packages that the European Convention sold, uh, that food is included with your admission ticket into the convention. What? So it's all free. You just get in a line and you get what you want, and it freaks me out. <laughs> I love that. I'll tell you what. I think uh, Megacon, if you're listed, that might be the gig to start running. Or do a VIP package. I wanted to say it was actually really funny, uh, and I hope I don't get his name wrong. Joe, you said who ran? Yeah, Joe Boats. Yeah, we huh? actually met him, and I'm going to bounce a name off you, and I hope you know it. There's two of them. They used to work for Volcon, but they also work for the Star Trek cruises. Uh, one is Sean Serdinsky, and the other, yeah, I, you know, Sean. Know him well. Good, and uh, Lawrence is the other one. Uh, Lawrence, 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 Lawrence. Oh, goodness. I'm probably getting his name wrong. He's an older gentleman, uh, and he was also at Sci-Fi Saturdays, and I might be messing up the name, but he worked a, for a long time with Volcon and with all of them because uh, he was nice enough to take me under his wing at, the, at Sci-Fi Saturdays because Sean, I don't know if you know, is running a convention here in Bartow called Sci-Fi yes. Saturdays. Uh, Sci-Fi Saturdays, yes. He had asked if I would come. Uh, I just, it was just never in my schedule. It was yeah. never, not in the stars for me to, to get out there every time it, it happens. In fact, uh, there was a Klingon feast that I went to at, on Daytona Beach last yeah. weekend that I've been trying to get to for 17 years. Oh, wow. That was the first time I attended. And um, it was great. I had a great time. Uh, a lot of people I had already known, and they were trying to get me to come out and just hang out with them. And I just, it was just never in the stars, you know, it was never, I'm always so busy. It was just never in it. 
And uh, last Saturday was uh, basically wide open. I'm like, what the hell? Why do why do I do this? Why don't I, you know, just go ahead and get a hotel room and and go out and hang out? And I had a ball. It was it was absolutely incredible. And I will be returning next year if I can possibly feed it in. I'm just going to make a make a point of, of putting it on my schedule. Well, that's awesome. And it was kind of like Sean this past year. I helped him with Sci-Fi Bartow a little bit. I took Friday off of work so I could help him and run around do some things. And then they had a Volcon basically convention with – well, I shouldn't say convention, a reunion. And Joe was there. And yes. basically they all took me under their wing and they're like, listen here, young blood, you're going to come with us. And we're going to tell you some stories about how we used to do it back in the day. And they actually had the banners – from the old Star Trek cruises that they kept, that they hung up, because we had uh, we were in the Bartow, uh, basically it's the the Bartow Public Golf Course, but it's you okay. know how they've got like a little bar restaurant area. We sure, were in sure. there and they had everything set up, and it was just really cool to sit back and listen to these stories because I love sitting underneath the learning tree. That's my thing. Like I love listening to people that are older than me tell their stories and like gain knowledge and learn. And just sitting there and listening to all these stories about how this is how we did cons when we didn't have internet. We didn't even have cell phones. Like, you know, and just listening to all that. And it was it was awesome. And meeting Joe, Joe is probably one of the coolest people I think I've ever met. He was just oh, an awesome guy. This is the guy that hired me. And, and uh, when I got into conventions, and I literally wanted to, to travel uh, to other conventions other than the ones in my own hometown – um, you know, I ended up going closer to, to, to Maryland, which was Pennsylvania, New York. I go to shows yeah. like that. And, uh, I think I met Joe when I went on my first Sea Trek cruise. I, I think I, oh my God, I can't really, I can't really remember how this all started, but I ended up being their MC first off. And I would be, Joe would fly me down here to Florida. Every Volcon, we, we did shows in Atlanta. Uh, we did a show in Cleveland. We did shows in Cleveland. I was, you know, literally traveling around, traveling around with Balkan back then, uh, doing those kind of shows while still doing my own shows back home in Baltimore. You know, um, in fact, it was one of the conventions. Um, where the hell was I? Uh, what city was that? Oh, good God, what's wrong with me? Uh, Boston, Boston, Boston. My first Star Trek friend was George Takei. And uh, if I could tell the story real quick. Sure, um, go right ahead, man. George... George Takei, well, the interesting thing was there was a convention uh, up in Boston. My good, one of my good friends uh, ran it, and I didn't know, he didn't, wasn't my good friend then, I didn't know who he was, but I showed up at the convention early one day because I was anxious, and uh, the convention group was setting up, blah, 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 and I thought I'd make, this is early on when I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to get to the Star Trek thing, and I, I'm standing against the railing, and I'm kind of watching guys set up, but I made like I was reading one of the the pocketbook novels, Star Trek novels right. or whatever. It was it was a novel on Klingons, I think. And a guy came up to me and and, and he said, "Hey, you here for the convention?" I said, "Yeah, I'm here for the convention." He said, "I said, how did you know?" He said, "Well, that that book you you're reading that's upside down. We figured you were here for us, you know. Didn't realize I had the damn thing upside down in the first place. <laughs> but um, long story short, I, I I helped them set up the convention. And at, towards the end of setup, he said, "Man, you're a good worker, man. You you really." You're, you, you're really interested in all this stuff. Uh, why don't you why don't you do us a favor this, this weekend? I said, oh, yeah, sure, sure. He said, well, we're kind of short of escorts. Um, how would you like to uh, escort George Takei? And I was like, wow, that's 
awesome. Um, can I ask a question? He said, yeah, man, what? Ask us anything. I said, literally, who's George Takei? Now, granted, I'm watching Star Trek, and all I knew were characters' names. Right. Spock, Zulu, Bones, things of that nature. I had no idea who George Takei was because I really wasn't that used in in looking at the names of the actors on the screen. You know, I looked at the show and I turned it off. Well, I ended up being George Takei's escort for that weekend. We had a great time. I remember one morning, he loves to jog, so we went jogging around the George River uh, in Boston first thing in the morning. And uh, from that point on, we've been friends ever since. Uh, I, I know or have knew his mother when, when uh, Mama Son was, was alive. Um, and I just ended up at some of the conventions that he was. Uh, makes it sound like I'm a stalker or whatever, but it, that wasn't the case. I just enjoy going to conventions at that point, you know. And that was uh, something that Sean told us. He said, you know, these people put on their pants one leg at a time. So when you probably said, I don't know who that is, when they said you were going to dinner with George Takei, in my opinion, that might have put you higher up on the list of people to take him. Like, oh, he's not going to fanboy and go crazy in front of him. He'll, he's going to be fine. He can have dinner with a guy, and he's going to be cool. Like, he's not going to, you know, flip out or, you know what I mean? Yeah, after this, I think up to this point, I probably have worked with maybe eight to 900 celebrities up to this point. Wow, and man. One of the, and, and well, there's various reasons how I got to be honored to be able to, to, to do that kind of thing. But one of the things is, if I saw a celebrity sitting in the hotel bar, which we love, especially Volcon, that was you know the number one A christening place to be was in the hotel bar. Um, that's where I got I, christened, actually. Yeah, absolutely, that's that's where you you should. Yeah, I think um, my tw- what? Well, I'll tell that story later. But one of my twenty first birthday parties was at a Volcan. So, oh, awesome! Well, the last thing I did when I saw a celebrity sitting at the bar or whatever was, uh, I, and I went up to the bar. Literally, I'm going up to the bar to get a drink. But if the celebrity was right beside me at the time, the last thing that I would talk about is his work. The last thing I'm going to do is ask him his job. The last thing I'm going to do is what is like, what is it like to work with so-and-so? This guy just spent an hour or so on stage answering all those questions. And the last thing he wants to do, okay, is while relaxing in an environment like the bar is answer another question. And number one, he's not getting paid for it anymore. Yeah. And number two, uh, it, 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 it just gets to a point where he needs his downtime or she needs his downtime and, and, and is really kind of tired of answering a lot of, you know, trekified questions um, when he's not being paid at the bar to answer trekified questions if you get my drift. Mm-hmm. So I got in with a lot of celebrities by bringing up conversations about everything and anything outside of what they're related to or what they're known for, right. which is, you know, Patrick Stewart is another prime example. Uh, you know, the, the incredible guy, incredible friend. Uh, I love any time that I can moderate his panels. I love any time I could sit down and have dinner with him and, and just hold a conversation about everything other than, you know, science fiction or Trek, unless, unless they bring it up. If they want to start a conversation, yeah, I was just having, I was in a van with the entire next generating generation cast one day. And speaking of Louisiana, it was a wizard world in New Orleans. And 
uh, I was in the back with, it was Gase McFadden and I in the back seat and then Michael Dorn and Marina was in there and Brent was in there and, and I think Patrick was in there or whatever. And uh, it, just watching them, and I like to be an observer. I like to, to watch these people because it, you're, you're, you're invited into, you know, their circle, but you're not a member of their circle of friends. So, so you got to kind of restrain yourself, use a little bit more you know, humility and, and, and respect and just kind of, you know, sit back and watch a little bit. And you'll know when it's time for you to may, maybe chime in with something pretty funny. But in the meantime, just relish the fact that you're around all these people and, uh, and, and, and you can pick up more facts about them being now in their real world than you could with them literally performing on stage. Okay, so that's how that went. It's interesting because, like, you obviously you, you talk a lot, right? So, like, is there any preparation you do before a convention that your voice, you know, because I imagine there's a lot of dialogue you say in a day. Like, if your voice, you ever lose your voice or anything like that? Great question. Absolutely incredible question. And uh, this happened to me at Dragon Con. I was on stage uh, 13 times during Dragon Con this year. And I think. Uh, well, not think I know. My last appearance was doing uh, the charity art auction, which I've done for you know uh, a number of years at Dragon Con to raise money for whatever charity that they're um, they're involved with. I think it was Lymphomia was a charity for this year. But the last event that I had to do before I literally uh, got on a subway to head for the airport was the charity auction. And that starts around noon, and I'm usually done around four. You know, so it's four hours worth of talking. I had already been hoarse after being on stage for 12 times uh, uh, before I hit the charity auction. And I'm sitting here worried about my voice, worried about my voice. I'm like, this is the time where I talk the most, which is at the auction, because you're trying to grab money out of people's pockets, literally. And you have to be convincing. You have to be fast. You have to be funny. And uh, I, I, I know that there are tricks to the trade that I normally do to prepare myself before I go on stage, but I was already past, you know, damaged goods uh, department, and I was really concerned. But basically, I always have my chloroseptic, um, a great antiseptic for um, um, your voice is honey. Hmm. Honey is a natural antiseptic. So I, I made sure that I had honey uh, somewhere around with me and uh, my lozenges, and of course, uh, hot water and salt. Um, Gargle your throat with hot water and salt. I try to do that a lot. And it actually got me through the auction. And, um, but when I got home and for that entire week, you know, I basically avoided talking unless I really have to because it is a strain on the throat. But let me also tell you another trick. The good thing about uh, a lot of the um, panels that I moderate. Um, bear in mind, number one, I do not know nor sometimes have ever seen some of the shows of the panels I'm about to moderate. Oh, okay. And this is what makes a great moderator. You don't have to be a fan of the show. Okay. So I have two things that I rely on. One is I go on IMBD. I'm telling trade secrets here right now. Actually, my personal secrets. I go on IMBD and I pull up what they have worked in. Okay, what 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 previous shows they've worked in, um, and 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 the fact that 
nine out of 10 times, you'll never really use that list, okay? The other thing I pull up is in IMBD, there's a trivia section where I can pull up interesting facts about what, what they have done personally or whatever is trivia oriented to them personally, blah, 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 blah. Those are my backup. And I say backup because I don't rely on those items, okay, to carry out a panel discussion. What I rely on 99.9% .9 of the time, and this is also answers your questions about talking so much when you're on a panel, what I rely a lot on is the audience. Because the audience are the professionals of the actors that are sitting up there on stage next to you. They know more about the show that they're there for than you ever will. So when we open up the floor to questions, you know, in my head, I'm clapping, I'm dancing, you know, I'm high-fiving myself. I'm like, thank God I got through. Well, one thing I like to do is when I start off a panel is, is get to know the guests. I mean, everybody knows who they are or whatever, but basically, you know, I'd ask questions like, hey, how you doing? Um, welcome to Atlanta. Um, how do you feel about Atlanta? Have you ever been in the South before? Um, blah, blah, blah. And then probably the last thing before I open up the floor is, um, how do you feel about your fans? Yada, yada, yada. Um, before I open up the, uh, the floor to questions, there's already people lined up behind the microphones that are already stationed out there in the audience. Okay. And I, I prep my audiences before I go out and basically say, hey, guys, you got questions for your guests? Yada, yada, yada. Just go line up at these microphones or hear the people that are holding the microphones, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can do that now if you want. Okay. Because for every question, for every, let's say, one minute or less question that's asked of a celebrity, celebrity, the answer could be five minutes long. Sure. Okay. And if you, if you multiply that by how much time you actually have, half of that line that's lined up behind those microphones are not going to get a single chance whatsoever to ask the, ask a question. Michael Rooker from Walking Dead, and, and I love it when I'm, when I'm doing a panel with him, has a, a very interesting technique at the end of his panels, a close one. He knows there's about 10 minutes left, let's say, out from him ending. He goes and does a um, uh, sort of like a shootout scenario uh, uh, um, um, uh, answer question or question answering scenario, whereas he'll get, okay, he'll say, okay, we're, we're going to go through our shootout, ask the question. And his answers are one word answers. One word answers. That's it. Uh, Michael Rooker, hi, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. I love you on the show. Ask your damn question. That's Michael Rooker talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did you get your part uh, on The Walking Dead? I auditioned for it. Next. You know, so <laughs> he'd go through that kind of ritual and it's perfect. It's perfect because he literally gets through my entire line of people that are in front of the mic. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. How long is <laughs> right. the average uh, panel typically? Well, uh, the panel is always slated for one hour. Most conventions these days are doing 45 minutes because they want to turn the, the room around within 15 minutes for the next panel. Uh, I hate that. I really do hate that. Not, not turning the room around, but the fact that uh, panels have been re reduced down to 45 minutes. I did panels with guests that had 30 minutes on stage, and uh, I think it's unfair to the fan. Um, the fact that celebrities come to the events, come to the convention, they're making all this money, you think they want to give something back in return. A lot of times it's not their fault at all. It's the convention organizers because you have these photo ops, uh, you, you want to get the people back to the table for their autographs. 
They do care about their fans. They do care about the entertainment value that the fans are getting, but they're on a time constraint. Okay, they, they, they only have but so much hours in a day. And a lot of times with so many celebrities at an event and you can't get them all on for an entire weekend, you got to figure out a way to do it. And it's cutting the time down. And that's the way they do it. You know, so 45 minutes has, has been the norm these days. I like a solid hour. Oh, okay. okay? We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with a little bit more of the happy hour, Johnny and Deuce. Lakeland Zombie Fest presents... Noche de los Muertos. It's going to be live at the Sun and Fun on October 16th, starting at 6 p.m., with a ticket price being $20, but that also includes your admission the next day to Lakeland Zombie Fest. There's going to be live music, special celebrity guests, costume contests, and food and drink specials by Budweiser. And, of course, your boys from the Happy, Happy Hour, Hour with, with Johnny and Deuce. Deuce will be there. So don't forget to come out and see us at Lakeland Zombie Fest presents Noche de los Muertos. You're for the fan days too, right? They hired me for fan days, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. In, in MegaCon, but they literally say, oh, no, 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 we are not doing MegaCon without you this year, Mark. I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. So they hired me for that. And I was really happy. I wasn't sure they were. And I can tell you the story about how MegaCon was bought out and the yeah, owners. Yeah, I really would like to hear that. So go. It, we're already back. So if you're hearing this, we're back from break. You've already heard some audio. So anyway, no. But, Mark, I do want to ask you that story because here's the thing. Uh, uh, I've got a – I'm going to try and word this properly so I don't get myself in trouble. One of our sponsors uh, was like, hey, you know, what do you think about the, now that MegaCon's been bought out and the MegaCon fan days – and I said, look, man, I don't know. Like, they added a fourth day because they're doing a Memorial Day weekend. Now they're adding the fan days. It seems, I, I don't, personally, from my opinion, I'm like, looking at it on paper, it kind of looks like a cash grab. But I think the people that have bought it understand the fans, and we want more time with the celebrities and the guests. And also that it's four day weekend, you know, they know more of us have days off. So maybe that's why they did that. Not just, oh, we're getting another day out of people and get more money. And then with the fan days, I appreciate it because MegaCon, in my personal opinion, has gotten way too big. So you kind of need to break it up a little bit, you know, and I think fan days is a perfect way to do that. So my response to him was, I don't think it's necessarily a cash grab. I think it's they're listening to the audience and they're seeing what does the audience want and giving the audience what they want. Deuce, you are you are you are right on the mark, man. No pun intended. But you really hit it on the on the head. I'm just gonna elaborate a little more on everything you just said. Please, please. You you, you hit it right on the head. Um uh Beth Wadera and Christine, I don't even know Christine's last name. Uh, their mother and daughter act. Okay, um, I've worked with a lot of, of of big players in the convention industry, and that's where you know I, I, I get my experiences from is from variety and not annual occasions, shall I say? Because at a time conventions were only annually. Okay, um, Beth and Christine are probably 
uh, I, I'm saying probably, that's so stupid of me. They are, in fact, the absolute nicest people you could ever, where they should be like somebody who would blow up on you and, and, and threaten you and, and, and tell you you're not coming back next year because you're such an asshole or anything like that. They're the absolute opposite. You could have either a celebrity uh, 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 or, or a fan screaming at them, I want my money back. I've never been treated this bad before. What are you going to do about it? And I'm being calm when I'm saying this. Imagine them going at your jugular. They are so even keeled. They're so calm and they're so professional that you're, you're like, how in God's name did we get these people on our planet? Where are they from? They can't be earthlings, you know? So when they sold the convention, basically they were approached. The group in Forma, okay, they're the same group that bought Dallas Comic-Con as well. Dallas Comic-Con, in fact, split off themselves and uh, through Informa and created Dallas Fan Days, okay? Uh, Informa has, they're, they're an investment company. Okay, they're, they're literally uh, 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 securities, stocks, bonds, that kind of stuff. They have 150 offices around the world. This is, this is a major corporation who saw something. There had to be some geeks in that organization somewhere and say, hey, man, we, we got the money. Let's buy a convention. And so they did. That, okay, that's what those say. coders have been doing. The coders are saying, hey, we need to buy this stock, and hey, we're writing the algorithms to tell you to buy this and that. They all got together and said, look, we got enough pull here now. Let's buy that over there because we want to do that. Look, I'm from the days where Comic-Con meant one convention only in one location only, and that was San Diego's. Okay, it's San Diego Comic-Con. Everybody knows San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con literally were marketing geniuses who, uh, who's got Hollywood on their side. All of a sudden, everyone in the freaking known galaxy wants to call their shows a Comic-Con, mainly because they know of the success of San Diego Comic-Con, so they want to kind of capitalize on that. The the general audiences know the term Comic-Con being associated with big actors from the movies showing up, blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, there's a Comic-Con in Bartow. We're going, you know? Yeah. And and the evolution of conventions basically had came to the point where we I call them box shows. And and box shows are basically conventions and convention centers. I'm from the old days when conventions were in hotels, where all you had to do was get on an elevator to go up to your room if you need to take a pee, okay? Uh, rather than walk <laughs> across the street or down the block or half a mile or a taxi cab ride to your hotel, um, now the big box conventions have sprouted out and there are big name players that everyone knows of and and has been to that are in the market these days. Megacon, because they have been bought by a major corporation, the major corporation is going to think like a business-oriented corporation where they're looking at their product and they're going to say, well, how can we massage it? How can we get more out of this rock? How can we get more blood out of this stuff. Hey, I got a great idea. Let's do the same thing that we did in Dallas and do it here in Orlando. We're doing two shows a year in Dallas, but our fan days is smaller. Let's, since we now own Megacon, let's do fan day. Now, one thing I'm going to 
debate you about Deuce is the fact that, well, my opinion on this, if there's an actor that a fan's going to want to see, he doesn't care if there's one at Fan Days and there's one at Megacon, they're going to go to both. Correct. Uh, I had already questioned this about Fan Days. Uh, Baltimore's just hit a touchdown, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Was it Steve Smith? Tell me it was Steve Smith. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's Campbell. Uh, Damn it. it. No No fantasy points for Deuce. No fantasy points. Not yet. Capinari, nine-yard run, but touchdown. Okay. There you Uh, go. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh suck it. Okay, anyway. um, (laughs) So uh, the fans are going to go regardless, but my problem when I heard that it was going to be mini Megacon is how do you make a small convention come down from 93,000 people, which was the official number at Megacon this year, yes. and then call it a mini Megacon. Even if you got half of that, you got 40, 45,000 people at a convention. How can you call it a mini Megacon? So that's the one thing that I know I'm going to have a problem with later on down the road. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how that, that works out. The fact is, it's a fantastic organization. I think uh, they're going to do well, mainly because it is still run by Christine. Uh, 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 Beth, the mother, basically retired, although I, I'm still – I got a sneaky suspicion we're still going to see a little bit more of her, which I'm happily, you know, um, um, willing to have. Yeah. But uh, Megacon itself being a mini convention, we'll see how it plays out. They're not done with announcing guests, but we'll see how they play out. Well, I'm really interested to see it as a – a business person myself because Megacon had gotten so big we had this year we had actually discussed uh maybe getting a table at Megacon for our podcast yeah and I said personally and this is my personal opinion this is nothing to do with Mark this is Deuce's opinion from the happy hour Johnny and Deuce I was like I don't think that the juice is worth the squeeze on that one and I said because there's gonna be so many people walking by they're not going to care about us because they're not going to know who we are. We can hand out business cards, but as I'm cutting you off, I'm cutting you off right now. Okay, I disagree. Okay, and tell me why. Trust me, I want to give you my money. My money because, is up for grabs here. So because I've seen it already happen with another group, and this is, uh, and I, I'm not going to name it on your show. I know who they one, are because we walked right past them, and that's probably the reason why I was like, yeah, radio station, yeah, absolutely. And as I walked the halls, I saw and I observed how they performed and where they were. They weren't in, you know, the main room. They weren't in. They, uh, you had it, to walk past them to get to the main room because they had their tent sitting right there. Yep. It was perfect, perfect uh, positioning for those guys to be where they were. And I literally helped them get a few people come over to their table and talk to them. I was literally texting one of the hosts asking, hey, would you like so-and-so at your table? Would you like blah, 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 blah? And I thought it was a major coup for them to do what they did right there. And, and granted, we were across the street. We were in the other uh, the other um, room. Yeah, uh, the bigger room. You got the bigger room this year, which was nice. Well, 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 for Megacon, we did. But uh, many, many con last year, which was the fiasco year, not this current year yeah, for yeah, Megacon. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about in that building and it was just a cluster and, and it was just because it was a smaller building and the only reason they were over there is because the main building the main hall was already rented built. out yeah they couldn't get in 
You know, it, it, they didn't choose where they were across the street, but the fact that they couldn't get into where they have been for years uh, just taught them a lesson never to do that again. Now, if they do these this mini megacon, which I'm thinking, and I'm not sure yet because I haven't asked, um, I'm thinking it's going to be in that location that didn't work well with a major megacon. Maybe it will work for them if they're thinking they're going to get a smaller crowd, but I still question a smaller crowd. I do um, too. I think you're going to get the megacon crowd, the same big crowd. I think it's going to go to the fan days, and I think it's going to be packed in wall to wall. And that was another reason why I was kind of iffy. It's going to be the same crowd if you get people who have the money to afford to go to a convention, number one, at such short notice, and number two, before the Christmas buying season. Those two will play against having a larger crowd. So I will, I've been proven wrong before when, when, when Dragon Con uh, had guests that would cancel. And you go on the board and you hear people whining, oh, my God, well, I'm not going now because that's the only person I was going to go there to see in the first place, which I think is kind of stupid. Um, when they had these these rash of massive cancellations one year, uh, here I am thinking, oh, my God, I guess it's going to be really uh, uh, a low turnout Dragon Con. They broke a record that year. And it's all because of the personality and the reputation of the event, not necessarily who's going to be there. Well, I've learned that lesson. You, you, you can you could bring in Harrison Ford, which I would love to see at any of these events. And sure, you're going to get that Harrison Ford crowd, but it's not going to be 93,000 people who are coming there just for Harrison Ford. It's going to be, you know, uh, 50,000 of those people alone are there for the convention itself. And that's based on the reputation. Go and, ahead, Deuce. And that's, that's kind of the way I feel. Like, it, it, you're going there because it's Dragon Con. You're going to see your con friends. You're going to see your friends that you maybe only see once a year at the con. You're going to have the con experience. I think it's kind of the same way with Megacon. I think you're going because you're going for the con experience. You want to see the people. You want to hang out with your friends. Uh, I actually, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was two years ago when you talked about that they had the massive cancellation because a lot of people backed out. And I, I had a lot of my friends that were going because that's on my bucket list is to go to Dragon Con. Um, Wait a minute. You've never been to Dragon Con? I've never been to Dragon Con ever. <laughs> well, here I go. I, I got I to gotta record this because I say it so much and I say it so often and it has never been an untrue fact, at least to me. Dragon Con, as much as I love Beth and, and Christine and Megacon, okay, Dragon Con is Mecca. I can't express that anymore or describe it. And I've been to conventions around the world, not in America, just America. I'm talking about around the world. And I'm not saying this because I am employed by them, because I'm one of their main moderators there. No way. No way. Every person that goes to Dragon Con only sees 1% of Dragon Con. Even myself. I was so pissed off. There were groups there that I missed. Here come the mummies, which are Grammy Award winning artists. Yeah, they're awesome. You could have artists. They were at Dragon Con this year. Did I see them? Of course I didn't. Uh, the Georgia Philharmonic Orchestra did the uh, big opera piece from um, the Fifth Element where you had the big, tall blue lady who's singing opera in that scene. They did a rendition of that with a big blue lady singing that scene. And I missed it. Didn't find out about it until I got home four or five days later and found it on Facebook. I'm like, when the hell this happened? 
Dragon Con is probably the biggest and the best locale for cosplay. Actors literally have to fill out applications to come to Dragon Con. They don't necessarily get invited. They want to go to Dragon Con and they have to fill out an application to get on the roster. And a lot of actors have basically been refused because it's like, hey, no more space. Sorry, dude. Uh, try again next year. Sell the hotel sells out immediately after five minutes after the hotel block opens up for all of the five hotels and all the other surrounding hotels. But long story short, dude, you go there, then you die. But you yeah. have to go there before you do. Yeah. Okay. With <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, Mark, I will actually throw this out there for you. If you're looking for any kind of personal assistant for next year's Dragon Con, I will do it and I will drive you to MegaCon. Or not MegaCon, excuse me, because you don't need to drive. You're in Orlando. To Dragon Con because I've always wanted to go. And I think who better to take me under his wing than, than you? And you uh -oh. could have a personal assistant. You got a guy to get you your food, your water, whatever. I would do it in a heartbeat if you would give me the chance. So if you're ever looking for a personal assistant, <laughs> Deuce needs to be the first person on your list. Dude, you are you are two conventions too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So they gave you one already. You're like, I already well, got one. I don't need you. <laughs> they, didn't give, they didn't give me one. I chose one of my own. Now let me let me tell you this. One thing about uh, conventions is that you do meet a lot of celebrities, you do this, you do that, but I, I'm a, what's the term? I don't know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a masochist, I, I guess. I mean, if I, I beat up myself, and that is, I try to do too much on my own, mainly because if you really want something done right, you do it yourself. Yeah. Real short story, there was a girl on Facebook two years ago, because I, I, I brought her on board last year, a young 20-year-old uh, student, and, you know, everything you hear on Facebook, you take for face value, you take with a grain of salt, whatever. But this girl was professing on Facebook how she has her hotel room. She's, you know, sleeping on the floor with friends. Uh, and, and, and now uh, she has her ticket for Dragon Con, but she won't have any food to eat. I've heard sob stories up the up one up end. Up the yin-yang, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, but, but for some reason, this clicked. This clicked. I messengered this girl young girl and i said hey look i tell you what uh how would you like and this is funny to me uh how would you like to work for food and she's going uh, who is this who who are you and i'm like hi i'm one of the dragon cons and c's and i'd like to offer you a job helping me out as my assistant and i will foot all your food bills i will feed you um after investigation, because I always send people links. If you know, you don't have to believe anything I say. Just go ahead and and click this link, and there you go. And she got back to me, and she's going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And I said, "Yes. What I need is while I'm on stage prepping the audience, I need someone backstage to prep my actors. There you go. Okay. Make sure that when I'm calling them out on stage, that they're attentive." Because these actors will go into literally la-la land when they're all together backstage and they're not listening and whatever. I need to make sure that they come out on stage in order. I need somebody to do that stuff. Oh, my God. 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 Okay, you can stop that now. One, one of my rules is you cannot be 
a fangirl. Yeah. You can't geek out. You can't you say inappropriate things. Right. You can't ask for an autograph. You can't ask for a photo. Okay. Uh, you can shake their hand professionally, and you are representing me, and I need someone in that capacity. Will you do it? All right. Her second year was this last Dragon Con, and from this day on, uh, oh, one thing I got to tell you, when I met her at Dragon Con, the first thing I said to her, because we, 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 we set a meeting point, the first thing I said to her as soon as I met her, I, I said, get your father on the phone, okay? She calls her father. I said, give me the phone. Hi, I'm the stranger that picked up your daughter, <laughs> okay? Because the father already knew the story, and I was on the internet with him, you know, beforehand. Right. And you're a young girl, you know, a guy my age, and you're listening the assistance of, I mean, all kinds of bells yeah, and whistles. Yeah. And no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a lot of gray area you're walking into that you want to make sure that you clean up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, dude, I, 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 I said, you know, to the father on the phone, this is my name. This is my phone number. I'm with your daughter. She's going to be my assistant for the weekend. I just want to make sure that you and I talked first before I engage her, you know, under, under my, my tutelage or whatever. Um, but, but, uh, Lauren, I'm sure she'll be listening to this, this podcast. Uh, she has been absolutely fantastic. She's been very professional, even when she was with people from her favorite shows, like once upon a time or arrow or flash or, or anything of that nature. Um, she's been very professional. Uh, I've gotten her photos with a lot of people backstage. And, and of course she, she geeks out and fangirls when everyone is away <laughs> and it's only she and I. And that's when she just goes absolutely nuts. And it's a beautiful thing to see. It's just so nice. It was perfect assistant. I probably wouldn't do that again. But, um, you know, if I didn't know who you were, I probably wouldn't do that again. But it's just something that just felt right at the time. So I did it. Well, she steps out of line. Deuce is on deck, as you would say in baseball. I'm on deck and ready to go. And if you got anything close by, like Megacon, anything like that, you need some help with, you, you just put Deuce on speed dial. That's all you need. Because Johnny will tell you, you actually kind of explain Johnny in a lot of ways. Like, he beats himself up. He, you know, he wants to be on point all the time. Sometimes yeah. he just needs somebody to be there and pull him aside and be like, you're doing a good job, man. You got this. You got this. And sometimes that's what you need is you need somebody to be a, a cheerleader for you, you know. So right. if, if you ever change your mind or if she steps out of line or if you've got a, a, a convention where you're like, you know what, I actually don't have somebody for this. I need somebody. You can uh, holler at Deuce, man. Deuce will got your back. <laughs> Deuce, I'll take you up on that, man. I'm pretty sure I will. Well, that sounds awesome. Well, this has been an amazing interview. We're going to go here very shortly to part two because we've got so many con stories we got to get out of you. Uh, we, can't, we can't not get these con stories out of you, but we, we got to wrap up this episode. So, Johnny, tell them where they can find us. Yeah. I actually, Mark, is there a way people can find you on the Internet? Uh, Facebook. Um, of course, you have to find me through somebody else because sometimes I'm hard to find. Um, but Facebook right now, my web page, I, need, I really need a web designer. I, I need somebody to take over. I got a domain. Well, there's I'm just, this little guy over here named Johnny, and he's actually really good at that stuff. Yeah. So you know, that it, might be the guy you need to talk to. You got to talk, absolutely, because I, I just got a website that, you know, I mean, I don't have a website, but I've been trying on my own with Wix and, and whatever the other thing is, and Weeble or whatever, and I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. 
Okay, so uh, are you on Twitter or anything else? Just mainly Facebook. Yes, I am. I'm Florida Mark on okay. Twitter. Mark with a C, M-A-R-C, of course. Florida Mark. Uh, I'm on Twitter that way. Uh, Facebook, um, uh, like I said before, sometimes I do. I really failed at Periscope this year. I was going to use Periscope backstage for every celebrity that I had to bring out on stage. And I tell you, once you're in that whirlwind, just things just get away from you and it never happens, you know? So, yeah, so they can hit me up that way until Johnny does my website. And and, and, <laughs> I, you know, and then it'll be markbeelee.com, so. <laughs> awesome, Mark. We appreciate having you on, on this first episode. You've been an amazing guest. And uh, Deuce, how do people find us on the internet? You can find us at at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine. Also, you can hit us up, Show at gmail.com. And I'll tell you what, go ahead and send us some questions for Mark. If you've got some con questions, just put at the top, questions for Mark. I got a feeling that uh, Mark won't mind coming back on with us again. So maybe we can get some con questions just for Mark for the next time maybe he comes on with us. Also, you can hit us up at facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. And of course, there's not one, there's not two, but there's three ways you can hit us up on the Twitter machine. It's hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Later. See ya.